Well, good morning. If you are here to hear Dr. Forshee this morning, let me first apologize uh, to you. Come back next week for a powerful sermon um, from Pastor Danny. Um, he is away taking some much-needed rest and will be back with us um, today or tomorrow. Um, and um, hey, I am very excited about the opportunity, and I don't take it lightly, uh, to stand before you this morning and bring a word from God. And so I'm excited about, about that. For those of you that don't know me, I am Daniel Van Cleve. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here to some amazing students, some of the greatest students in the nation for sure. And they are here. Hey, I am... Um, I was impressed because the students didn't start that right there. You know, I told them earlier, I said, guys, listen, you've got to work with me. Say amen. If it sounds stupid, just say amen. If, it's, if it doesn't even make sense, you have my permission to stand in ovation or, or hallelujah or, or oh me or oh my, but um, they are awesome. And so this morning, um, I am going to speak a direct word into the lives, uh, uh, a word that God has, has, has laid on my heart to the graduates and a lunch afterwards just for a moment, but um, we're excited about this morning. So I've got to move fast. Been here for 77 days. Um, I am counting, and it's exciting, having a blast. I want to say um, this staff team is absolutely astounding. I know that you are aware of that, but um, it has been so cool to work with a team that's, that's focused, that's united, that's moving forward in harmony, and so we're excited about the staff team. Also, man, you guys have an amazing group of adult volunteers working with, with the student ministry. It has been so cool to connect with them. Yes, they are amazing. And um, it's been a joy to get to know them. Half of my family is here this morning. Um, I, my, my youngest two, Hope and Joe, are with their grandparents and family in Georgia. And my wife is on the fourth row here, best-looking redhead in the nation, right here in the world, in the world, and seated next to her. I want to clarify that. Uh, in the world. And um, uh, Faith, our 13-year-old, is, is awesome as well. And so uh, we have definitely felt the love here, um, just being here a short time. You guys have really poured out on us and loved us, and it's been so cool um, we have been in uh, a dozen homes or so, and uh, many of you have taken us to lunch and dinner and, and showered us, and we just kind of feel spoiled. It's, it's pretty neat um, to experience that love um, that Great Hills has for their pastors and their staff, and so that's really cool. Some of you I'm looking out have yet to invite us to lunch, and so I'm hoping this morning <laughs> that um, you'll take the hint, um, but I, I'm just kidding, just messing, but... Um, uh, we are free Thursday night, so just want to <laughs> let you know. Is your foundation this morning in the Savior or the sand? Listen fast. We're going to have to move fast. Um, Jesus here preaches a message. He's closing the Sermon on the Mount here, and he speaks in verse 13 and 14 of, um, of let's read the text first. How about that? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Let's read, uh, we'll, we'll focus down on, on chapter, verse, chapter 7, verse 24 through 29. A parable of two very similar houses built by two different builders. A wise builder and a foolish builder. And we're going to focus on the foundation this morning. And we're going to answer the question, is your life, is our lives on a firm foundation? 
is our life in Christ? Is it where we are supposed to be? What are you building your life on this morning? It is my hopes that you would answer that question before we leave here today. The words of Jesus, as we read um, verse 24 through 29, Jesus is, is speaking directly to us as well. He says, anyone, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. From emos is the word there, thoughtful, sagacious, discreet in character. He's wise. He's like a person who builds a house on a rock. Though the rains come in torrents and the, and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. It's built on the rock. Petra, this massive foundation. It's Jesus. Verse 26. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse in a mighty crash. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as having authority and not as the scribes. Before we dive in this morning, let's pray. I, I want us to bow before God and bow your heads and close your eyes. This morning, if you do not hear from God, if you don't hear his voice, then we are about to waste a few moments that we have together. But if you hear from the Spirit of God, if we listen this morning, he is going to speak to each and every one of us. And so let's pray and let's bow and ask God to speak to our hearts. God, will you open our ears this morning to the truth of your words? My heart breaks this morning for two things. People are meeting all across America in buildings with church on the sign, but they're not your houses. They're built on the sand, and they gather this morning perhaps to have their ears tickled by fancy orations or feel better stories in hopes of finding significance and security where it cannot be found, in a message with no power, a message void of authority, absent of the Word of God. Churches may be going through the motions this morning of religion with their ears too dull to receive the Word, much less obey. May this not be said of us, God, this morning. So Lord, I'm also burdened for many churches like Great Hills that hear the word week after week, gather and leave and deny the power. Many have never surrendered to your lordship, perhaps here today. Many will hear you today. And it's my prayer that they leave in obedience. You said your word will not return void. And so God, we ask you this morning to breathe Sweep through many houses represented here today. Speak to hearts a word profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correction, training in righteousness. And Lord, that that word would be received. And that houses and lives would respond in obedience to you. We, we know to whom much is given, much is required. And we have received much this morning. So I pray no one leave this room oppressed 
no one watching online would, would leave this moment bound or heavy laden with their foundation in any other than Jesus. So speak to us, God. Again, I pray my voice not be heard, God, that you would speak into our lives. And just before you um, open your eyes, just head bowed, head bowed, eyes closed, if you would ask God just to speak to your heart, just in the quietness of your heart, God, speak to me. God, break any chains that may bind my heart this morning. Expose any area of my life that may be far from you, God. And then if he reveals that to you, reveals anything to you, would, would you just make that right? Just say, God, I'm sorry. Turn from it. Ask for forgiveness. Open our hearts this morning, God. In Jesus' name, amen. In 1174, um, an architect named Bonanno Pisano built what would be started, what would be his greatest endeavor, his most famous project, a separately standing bell tower for the Cathedral of Pisa. This tower, you guys probably know what tower it is already, was, it was to be eight stories, about 185 feet tall. But there was a little problem, and that problem still exists today. This problem quickly was found as the soils were not adequate to hold the foundation. The foundation was too shallow, inadequate to hold this massive 16,000 ton structure. And pretty soon, the structure began to lean, right? And it is named to this day, Leaning Tower of Pisa. During the process of 176 years, this tower, it took this, for, for, for the builders to build this tower, they tried all kinds of things. They tried to shore up the foundation. Even recently, some 15 years ago, they tried to, to remove sand or the soils that was sandy from one side to try to get it to lean or to stand back up. And they fixed it a little bit, but they say, experts will tell you that one day this tower will fall, most definitely will fall, because it's built on the wrong foundation. It is built in the wrong place. This morning is our lives, are our lives built in the right place? And so Jesus, in the passage we just read, we don't have time to read the previous verses, but in verse 13 and 14, Jesus begins to close the Sermon on the Mount, and he talks of two gates. He talks of one way, one way that is narrow and one way that is, is wide. One way that is traveled by the few, one gate that, that is traveled by many. He spoke of a, a gate that's difficult, a gate that is easy, a gate that leads to death, and the gate that leads to life. Each one of these gates have their own destiny, life or destruction. In verse 15 through 23, we're told not to be deceived by false prophets, that, that some come in as disguised as sheep, or they're, but they're wolves in sheep's clothing. And he says they'll deliver a message. See, there are two messages we find, but there's one right message, you know. There's one right way. 
this morning, we see in the latter part of verse 21, we read, But only he who does the will of the Father. But only he who does the will of the Father will find that way. He says, the will of the Father is that all come to repentance. But he says, he who does the will of the Father who is in heaven will enter the kingdom. So we have choices to make in our lives every day. God did not make us robots. He doesn't force us. We have a choice. What are we going to choose? Two gates, two messages, two houses. But there's just one way um, that we're going to focus in on this morning. So let's look at two builders. Um, the first, first thing we see as we notice the builders here is that both builders heard. Verse 24 and 26, you can see that both builders hear, and they hear the same message. All right? And I, I'm guilty of this. I can hear sometimes and not be listening. Does that ever happen? I know guys, some gentlemen in here, you know what I'm talking about. It happened to me the other day. My wife is talking to me from the kitchen. I'm, I'm hearing, but I'm not listening, okay? And so both builders hear this message. What did they hear? They heard how to, how to live a blessed life. They heard to be salt and light. They heard about murder in the heart. They heard about adultery, divorce. They heard about going the extra mile. In the preceding verses, Jesus told them how to love their enemies, how to give, how to even pray and to fast, the cure for anxiety, to not, not to judge according to the flesh. Both builders heard the same message. They knew the requirements. Um, they had the blueprint. Um, I have a background in construction and development, and I've looked at several hundred blueprints over the years, and um, I, uh, sad to say, I have had a foundation issue before. And I remember my first foundation issue, uh, and it, yeah, it taught me quite a bit. But I get a call from this client who I'd built a house for, and he was a general. It had to be the general, right? And he's a general in the, in the United States Marine Corps. And so he calls me and he says, son, I said, yes, sir. He says, we have a problem. You need to come over to the house. So I went over and I was a little nervous and he invited me in. He didn't show me the problem, gave me a glass of sweet tea. We sat down and he says, the other day I was sitting out on the patio and I heard what sounded like a rifle go off. And he said, I want to show you what happened. And so we walked out on the back porch and looked and observed the wall of brick going up the back side of his house. And at the bottom, at the foundation, all the way to the top was this crack. And the brick were split in two. And he's looking at me and my jaw drops. I'd never seen this before. This had never happened. I'm looking at this issue and he says, what are you going to do about it? And I said, I'm, I'm going to fix it. We're going we're to make it right. And he says, how are you going to make it right? I says, I don't know. So I hired an expert, brought in a, a structural engineer and and, and he began to do all these series of tests. He looked at the foundation. He, he got under the house. It was a crawl space. And he inspected the depths. He inspected the widths of the footing. And he looked from every angle at this foundation. And he spent several days studying it. Put a crack monitor on it to watch to see if it was continuing to fall. And he came back with his report after a couple weeks. And he said this. He said, the house is well built. Very well built, as a matter of fact. He said, it exceeds the specs. I said, well, what's wrong? He said, your footing is, did you know your footing's actually deeper? And your, your foundation is a little bit bigger than what you needed? I said, we pour them like that. 
He said, but here's the problem. He drilled down and augured next to the foundation into the soil. And the issue was in the soil. He said, I found, I found weak soil. I found loose soil. It was not compacted as it should be. And what he found was, is in that soil was debris from where a tree had been removed. And the land clearing uh, company removed the tree and did not put the dirt back the way it should be. And so the house began to settle. And he said, it's going to continue to settle. Because it was 53 inches in his drilling before he found firm foundation. Before he found firm compacted soil. And so he issued uh, a, a, a blueprint for us to fix it. And we began to remove that excess soil and pour that back with concrete. And we fixed this, this horrible, scary problem that could have been um, even worse if we did not jump in and fix it. So just knowing how to build and what to do is not enough. Both builders heard, but only one obeyed. Let's look at him. It's the wise builder that obeys. Um, this is a perfect setting for this, this message, this parable for Jesus around the Sea of Galilee. There's a ring of sand that goes around. This, this ring of sand is several meters deep. And so if, if, if one, when building around the Sea of Galilee, does not go down deep enough, his house is going gonna, gonna to set on a hard, compacted sand at the time. It even feels and looks like concrete. But when the rains of winter come, when the floods sweep through, it washes that sand away and the structure built on that sand will not stand. The wise builder, what does he do? He follows Jesus. He builds in the right spot. He trusts, but not only trusts, he obeys. He obeys Christ. And so he hears what God tells him to do and he's not just a hearer. James 1.22 speaks of this. Do not be doers of the word. But hearers, we need to hear, we need also, I'm sorry, is that backwards? Don't just be hearers of the word, but doers. All right, I learned it in King James. Um, and he says we deceive ourselves when we, when, we don't, when, we, when we don't do as we have heard to do. So it's simple, obey authority. Um, I think, are there any Marines in the house? The Marines know something about, I heard one over here. Marines, we here? You here? All right. Marines understand authority. Uh, I heard a cool story about a principal that was wanting to dedicate a brand new school. And she had this elementary school, and she wanted to have a flag raising ceremony. And so she invited the Marine Corps in to come in and do a flag raising ceremony. And so the secretary was giving directions to the sergeant on the phone, telling the sergeant how to get to this school. And she's telling the sergeant's matter of fact, and he's like, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, all right, yes, ma'am. And he's, he's speaking with, with, with words that sort of very direct and, and, and concerned the secretary. And so she said, sergeant, are, are you sending Marines to raise our flag that actually like children? <laughs> there was a brief pause on the other end of the line and he says ma'am if I tell them to like children they will like children <laughs> Marines Marines understand authority they get it they get it 
here the wise builder got it. He heard what Jesus said, and then he went and he did it, as opposed to the foolish builder. The foolish builder, number three, the foolish builder built, he ignored Jesus, and he built whatever felt right, wherever it felt right. Proverbs 16, 25 says, there is a way that seems right. There is a way that seems right, but the end is death. One version says death and destruction. Jesus spoke of the indictment and the demise in verse 21 of chapter 7. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of the Father, many will say to me on that day. This is scary. This is frightening stuff right here. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. Pause. We told people about you and warned of impending danger. He says, we cast out demons in your name. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? That's amazing stuff. He says, we've done many wonderful works in your name. And Jesus said this. This is probably the most frightening verse in the Bible to me. He says, I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. You who practice lawlessness, you who practice disobedience, you who have heard where to build your house but have neglected to obey. The foolish builder went about it his own way. He builds his life on the sand. He missed the doctrine of lordship. And that's what we see here. God is saying, this is the way to do it. The doctrine of lordship is very important. It's vital to our salvation. Um, it's vital. It, it tells us, are you going to make it to heaven or not? It also um, helps you grow. It's foundational. We see in 1 Corinthians 3.11, there's no other foundation but Jesus. Lordship is defined as one who exercises rule over a subject. Jesus is master, king, creator of the world, director of history, and he must be confessed. Romans 10.9 says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You know, confess is to speak the same mind. This is, this is done with our mouth as we go, as we're out and about, to speak and to tell of, what, of who Jesus is and what we're doing. Believe. It's a one-two punch. We, do, we are to confess and believe for our foundation to be in him. We're to entrust him with all. You know, there are a couple of different types of faith. Um, and I, I want to read um, to you this verse here. Uh, I know the verse of Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Grab my keys. It says, it's by grace that you're saved through faith, through faith. And it's not of yourself, it's a gift. Um, let's talk about faith real quick. I love this illustration. I didn't come up with this. I heard it and it stuck with me as a teenager. But when I came on staff here 77 days ago, Great Hills gave me a ton of keys. I mean, all these keys, and they look alike. And I try every one in every lock, and I'll, it's always the last one. So a couple days ago, I was putting them in, and I decided, well, I'm going to try the, the one I would try last. And I tried it, and it, it didn't work. I wanted to go all the way back to the other side. And it was the one that I was going to try first. They look alike, but they're not. They look alike, they feel alike. Jesus says, believe, trust. And that faith that he's speaking of, there are a couple different types of faith that trip us up. There's an intellectual ascent. 87% of Americans 
believe, in, in, and they have the wrong faith. They believe that, that it's in good works that getting to heaven. And that's a type of faith. It's intellectual assent. It's not what Jesus is saying. It's not, it's not the faith that gets you there. Then there's a temporary faith. It's a key. It, it, it's a key. But it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. I can press my brake and I trust that my brake will stop my car. But once I take off, um, that, that faith is gone. It doesn't work for me anymore. The faith Jesus is talking about and the faith described that we, that we must have is trusting faith. And that's the faith that the builder puts in, 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 in he, he goes all in and he puts his house right there and he trusts Jesus with everything. Um, Acts 16 describes this. The Philippian jailer asked Paul and Silas, what must I do to be saved? He said, believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe, trust him. Trust him. Build your house on that rock. Lordship is very, very important. Um, this word Lord is, is kurios in, in, in Greek. And the word Lord appears 747 times, I'm told, in the New Testament. Um, and Jesus is called Lord 747 times, whereas Jesus is called Savior only 24 times. Lordship must be pretty important to God for him to put in his word 747 times Jesus as Lord and he says we must believe in him to have our house where it needs to be mm. let's talk about the two houses two houses represent me and you it's a picture of our lives Every one of us are building on something this morning. Similar materials. You don't see any differentiation as Jesus talks about these houses. You do not see him talking about what they looked like. He's focused on the foundation. These houses are similar. Um, secondly, storms are guaranteed. Both houses are hit. Verse 24 tells us a storm is coming. There's two houses, one storm, and uh, the, the rains come from above. Check this out. The, the flood water's from below, and in between is the wind. This, these houses are plummeted. I mean, they're, they're hit hard with, with, with the rains and with the storms. Um, everyone, according to Warren Wiersbe, there's a quote. He says, everyone's either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or going into a storm. Storms happen. They are guaranteed. Second um, Timothy 3.12 says, For those who live in Christ will suffer persecution. Matthew 5.45, Reigns on the just and the unjust. Storms are guaranteed. Number three, only one house survives. Verse 27 shows us that this house that doesn't survive will collapse and mighty will be the crash because it's built on the wrong foundation. Let's look at the two foundations and we'll close. One foundation satisfies self. It's, it's, it's built on feelings. It's built on what satisfies me, maybe human philosophy. For a lot of people, 68% um, of Americans are members of a church somewhere. A lot of people build their house on religion. They build their house on even maybe church attendance. Um, and they, they check the box. 
but, but that's, not what, that's not what God is saying satisfies him. Satisfying self, Acts 7, 48. The Most High does not abide in houses made with hands. And in verse 49, he says, what house are you building me? God wants us to build our house and, our, and place our foundation on Jesus, the rock. 1 Corinthians 3.11, we see that Jesus is the only one that satisfies. No other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. We don't have time to turn, but Matthew 16, there's a dialogue between the disciples and Jesus. And I, I love his response. And he asks the disciples, he says, who, who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I am? And the disciples respond, and you know, some say this, some say Jeremiah, some say the prophets, some say. And Jesus said, well, who do you say that I am? You see the difference? Who do you say that I am? And Peter spoke up, and he says, you, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And then Jesus responds this way. He says, Peter, Simon, you are Peter, Petros. You're a chip off of the Petra. You're a little pebble. He says, but upon this rock, Petra, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus said, I am the way. John 14, 6, the truth and the life. No one gets to the Father except through him, except through trusting in him, except through the right key, putting our faith in Jesus, building our, found, building our life in the right place, on the right foundation, is, is essential. It's like the old hymn said, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. You know, we're all headed to an appointment. Ephesians 2 speaks of this appointment. He said, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus as Lord. Paul is, is quoting Isaiah 45, 23, where God starts it off and says, I swear by myself, by my name that every knee will bow. So we're headed to an appoint, appointment. And graduates, if our life is built on anything less, it's not enough. It's not going to cut it. It's not going to stand. And I promise you storms are coming. I promise you that there are rough roads ahead. And this morning I challenge you, don't follow your peers. Follow Jesus. Don't build your life on anything but Him. I'll close with this story. True story. 1691, there was a rebellion in Scotland. The king issued a proclamation and he asked for all of the rebel chiefs to come in and to take a knee before him and to sign allegiance. And so the king didn't give him a choice. He said, either you come in as, as a chief of your tribe 
and you take a knee and you, you, bear, you, you bow allegiance and you, you, you take an oath before me by December 31st, 1691, or else we will hunt you down. You will be labeled a traitor to the crown. You, you, will, you will be um, subject to execution. Although humiliating, the chiefs one by one went in and signed this, this oath. All of the chiefs did on time, but one chief, Mac Ian of the tribe of the Valley of Glencoe. Mac Ian had every intention of signing that allegiance. He had every intention of doing what the king said, but he wanted to be the last one. He wanted to wait until the last moment. So just a day or two before he was to sign, he was getting ready to leave and a horrible snowstorm hit. And this ice storm set in. And although Mac went forward to go sign, he was a week late. And the king had already dispatched uh, soldiers. And the whole valley of Glencoe was wiped out and destroyed. Mac Ian and all of his followers were killed. They became victims of pride. The pride of Mac Ian, the pride of their leader and his stubbornness. Today, I must tell you, as a messenger of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I'm asking for your allegiance. I'm asking for your oath. I'm asking for you to place your trust and your faith and your all in Jesus. Do it today. Don't wait. Don't wait. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I want to close this way. I want to give you an opportunity. We're going to just a moment, open up the altars, and right now, counselors are moving, heads bowed, eyes closed, and counselors and pastors, if you would, get in place. We're going to be at the front to receive you, and the, the altar call, the invitation is this, would you make Jesus your Lord this morning? Maybe you are in a storm, maybe he's already your Lord. Maybe you're in a storm, and it's scary, it's frightening. You need to come forward and pray. Get with a counselor and be lifted up. Talk to one of the pastors. Maybe you're here today, and you realize, as a Christian, your foundation is on Jesus, and you're on that solid rock. That you have enthroned self a time or two. And you want to confess that and receive prayer. We're going to pray, and as soon as I say amen, the altars are going to be open, and we want to receive you. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it does not return void. That there's power in the name of Jesus. We love you this morning, God. And I pray that if there's anyone in this place that has heard your voice this morning, they would not hear and leave in disobedience. They would respond to you. Whether it's for salvation, whether it's to surrender to your lordship, or God, whether it's to follow in obedience to lift up that friend or that person that is far from you. We know success this morning would, would look like each and every one of us saying yes to you. 
whatever area, whatever the question, whatever the call. Maybe there's some students here this morning that need to give their life to you. Maybe there's others that may need to answer a call to ministry or missions. We want to say yes to you, Jesus. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Would you stand to your feet, heads bowed, eyes closed, and as the music plays, you follow Jesus, and you do, and go where he sends and what he tells you to do. We're at the front.